The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. This podcast is sponsored by 6 to 5 Productions, found at 6to5productions.com. A colleague of mine wrapped this up beautifully, I thought, once when he just said the entirety of the undergraduate music education curriculum you have to understand as a student is simply earning your ticket to the show and your entry into the club. And once you're in, now is when you really start learning. And the asset for the students today, and I hate to sound like such an old guy, right? You say, you kids today. But for goodness sake, I mean, Tim, your site exists. The Color Guard EDU exists. The opportunity to record my rehearsal on my phone and put it through WeTransfer and send a huge file of video to any number of brilliant people all around the country today that just didn't exist uh, 20 years ago is really amazing. And I believe the inquisitive, the work ethic, the intellectually curious, um, ambitious young director can maybe easier than ever before um, find uh, the information that they're looking for. As Wayne Markworth says on this podcast, being a band director is the best job in the world. But there's so much to learn, including all of the many different parts of running a marching band. This makes marching band methods courses more important than ever for college students. But how does a professor cover all the things one should learn? And what about those students where the course is not required or not even offered at all? The enthusiasm and the drive and the passion and the energy, it's really important. And a big part of that is to be a continual learner. Because Absolutely. We've all talked about how it. Uh, we're just getting uh, our toes wet in, in these courses because there's so many subjects. But uh, they have to keep learning. They have to keep doing, finding new ways or better ways to get something done. Uh, and I still go to rehearsals in my old age here and learn a new trick. Or I wish I would have known that exercise. That's great. And on the one hand, that makes it a little overwhelming. Uh, and I tell the students, but I said on the other thing, it's, it's what makes it really enjoyable and fascinating because uh, it never becomes easy. Uh, it's always a great search to find a better way to do it. All these new things that are coming out is just just ways to keep the brain sharp and ways to keep the brain open. Um, I ask my students what are some things that they that they felt is important to to to, to have in these types of classes. More, and one, one of the things they talked about is just the diversity of, of, what the, of what the art form can bring. All I can think to do is encourage our students to learn what they can right now and then keep listening and keep asking questions. Wayne is joined by Dr. Dan Belangia and Dr. Tremon Kaiser as they talk about the value of these classes, how they teach them, and how students who don't have access to this information can still learn and be prepared when they have their own band. Marching band methods courses, more important than ever, on the Marching Roundtable. This podcast is sponsored by 6 to 5 Productions, found at 6 to 5 productionscom that's S-I-X-T-O-F-I-V-E productions.com. Six to Five Productions bridges the gap between pre-packaged shows and custom show design 
with a built-in series of drop-down menus on each show page, clients are able to affordably customize any prepackaged show to fit the needs of their ensemble. In addition to show customization at your fingertips, 6to5 Productions also offers the following services. Original show design, custom drill design, sound design, and prop design. Whatever your design needs may be, take an immense step forward with 6to5 Productions at 6to5productions.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Marching Roundtable Podcast. This is your host, Tim Hinton. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be talking about marching band methods classes today. Wayne Markworth, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, thanks for sort of spearheading this idea. I know we've been, your wonderful book, The Dynamic Marching Band, is available at uh, Marching Arts Education website, so I'm glad we're going to have this conversation. Yes, me too. Also line, Dr. Dan Belangia of Arkansas Tech University. Dan, how are you? Just great. Glad to be here, Tim. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. And also on the line, Dr. Tremont Kaiser of University of Central Florida. Tremont, how are you? Well, well, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, thank you, guys. I know you're in the middle of a busy marching season, so much going on. So thank you, guys, so much for stopping. So let's each just, uh, I, I sort of mentioned it briefly, but um, say where you're teaching, how long you've been there, sort of what you do in the world of, of uh, marching and music and marching band methods. Wayne, I'll start with you. Okay. Uh, I was a high school band director for 36 years, 35 of them at uh, Centerville High School in Ohio. I've been retired for oh, 14 years now. Well, sort of retired is how I, I put it. Uh, and I've been teaching marching band methods at Wright State University in Dayton uh, since uh, the year I retired. And let me throw a little bit about that right now. Uh, when I first started uh, teaching, I researched what uh, marching band textbook I would use. And the newest one at that time was 25 years old. So I wound up using a lot of my old materials that I had, all the files that I had collected and changing them to fit a college class textbook. And I realized halfway through the class that that was not very efficient. So uh, the next summer I wrote the book and that's where we are now. Yeah, the Dynamic Marching Band. It's a great book and a lot of people are using that text for sure. So uh, Wayne, do do you go there and you're doing it in person or is this an online thing? No, I do it in, in person. Uh, it's uh, 20 minutes away. It's a great deal for a retired guy. I forgot you're that close to Dayton. Yep. Okay, very cool. How about you, Dan? Tell us about where you are and about your, your class. Sure. Uh, well, I'm director of bands at Arkansas Tech University, uh, now in Russellville, Arkansas. Uh, and uh, Arkansas. And uh, it's my uh, 22nd year of teaching. I can't quite believe that sometimes when I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> having taught junior high and high school in Texas and Florida, um, and my 14th year of university teaching now, uh, 10 at Illinois State University, where I first adopted Wayne's uh, textbook and had my first opportunities to teach uh, marching band techniques, and now in my, my fourth year at, at Arkansas Tech. Fantastic. Okay, Tremont, how about you? Uh, this is my third year where I am the director of athletic bands and associate director of bands here at the University of Central Florida here in Orlando, Florida, and uh, and I taught uh, in a public school's uh, elementary, junior high, and high school band for three years in western Kansas uh, before uh, teaching at a small college in southeast Kansas. And uh, when I went to go earn my master's degree at the University of Central Missouri, I taught uh, marching band pedagogy there. And then um, after that, when I went to the University of Dayton, 
where um, I was was introduced to Wayne's first book. Um, I used his book and taught there for 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 four years overall before before taking the same text uh, to um, University of Central Florida where I am now. So this is my I believe fifteenth year overall teaching and my twelfth year uh, teaching at the at the college level. Wow, it's it's time flies by when you're having fun, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk a lot about what you guys emphasize in your courses, how the course sort of works, situations where people don't have access to the courses or they're not required. We're going to talk about why these courses are going away and why we need them. There's a lot of topics to cover, but believe it or not, Wayne, let's start because you have a new version of your book and your book is used a lot. So let's start there. So what, what is this new version? Okay. And I, I should say full disclosure that uh, I invited Tremont and Dan uh, because I really like them and respect them, but I also know that they use my book, so it wasn't just <laughs> random marching band methods uh, teachers uh, across the country. Um, so, so as I mentioned, I, I wrote the book in 2007, uh, and it was a hard copy. I uh, got lots of great input from lots of great people, uh, so many topics to discuss, and uh, so uh, last summer, a year, a year ago, um, I got around to writing an update because it had been 10 years since the uh, first version came out. And I knew I wanted to do an ebook because of all the great features of uh, hyperlinks and all the uh, click on this, take you here, uh, highlight, and all, the, all that great stuff. But uh, uh, some of you are familiar with the, the band directors group on Facebook. So I uh, just put a little post on there that I was going to update my book after 10 years and asked the question, what has changed in marching bands in the last 10 years? Thinking I would get a couple of suggestions and overnight I got 44 uh, replies. <laughs> and so what I thought was gonna be a week or so update uh, on the book turned into a most of the summer project. So unbelievable how much uh, has changed. And that's the other nice thing about an ebook when I wanna add something or change something or I find a typo, I can just change it and uh, send it to Marching Arts Education, and we have an updated version. Yeah, and I'd like to mention that I think your book is super valuable, and even somebody that's, like, out there in the trenches, I would think they should still have this book and use it for, you know, to reference to it. So, okay, so let's talk about what, you, what, how do you guys, like, you have one semester or one term, or what do you want to call it, where you, you have this course, it's a lot to talk about. How do you guys wrangle all the topics? Well, I, I'll jump in. I suppose, uh, Tim, it, it is a, a ton to wrangle, and I, um, I don't want to jump ahead an agenda that you might have in mind. But um, you know, when at, at that risk, when when I imagine, uh, I'm grateful that I I can only imagine. I only have to imagine uh, a music education curriculum without a standalone uh, March of Band Techniques uh, class. It, it it's really it really blows my mind. Um, I was, uh, I suppose, lucky that uh, the universities where I attended, uh, the class was uh, a, a required part of the curriculum, and, and both at Illinois State University and at Arkansas Tech, it is as well, um, because we meet uh, twice a week for an hour, and uh, in that time, I'm still, I just feel like every minute is crucial over 15 weeks. We have 30 opportunities to sit down together, and... Um, I imagine Tremont will, will speak to this as well, but you know, as of course as uh, Wayne too. You know, one of the first things 
that I've always felt I have to decide is, is I'm, if, if I'm going to make this class a drill design class, or is it going to be an arranging class? Um, <laughs> ultimately, I uh, have chosen not to do that. Um, mostly because I believe there are so many other crucial topics, but also because I'm, I've just learned from too many arrangers and drill designers that, you know, none of them ever learned how to do it in a class. It, it, it's at two in the morning at your computer screen and in band rehearsals, listening to something that sounds bad and realizing that's your fault and that it looks bad and realizing that that's your fault. So overall, my approach to the class is uh, to try to help these students understand that they're about to become a CEO, that they're, whether their band is large or small, in one degree or another, they are an administrator and that they uh, are the head of human resources and that they are also the uh, person that's got to make sure uh, that the care and wellness of this group is a priority. And uh, we start from there. So um, I don't, I don't want to take all of our time here by going on and on, but perhaps just put a, a pin there and let Tremont or Wayne speak. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I, it's, there's so many components to a, to, to, to the caring and feeding of, of a program. And, and here, uh, we, we meet twice a week for an hour and 15 minutes. And it's kind of interesting how it actually got started. There really is no marching band pedagogy class here, um, at UCF. So the way it works is that there are two methods classes, secondary methods one and secondary methods two. And when I first arrived, the secondary methods one class was supposed to be the administration part of being a, a, a junior high, high school band director. And then the secondary methods two was supposed to be how to be the, the nuts and bolts of being a uh, junior high, high school band director. Um, so when I received the first syllabus, or when I saw it for the first time, they only had a week to do marching band related activities. So I decided that since um, since we have autonomy here, that I would treat Secondary Methods 1 as a marching band slash jazz band pedagogy class. And then the springtime would be uh, more of the the, the, the concert side. Uh, so so while while we really technically don't have a marching band pedagogy class, there it's it's we just have integrated uh, marching techniques onto it. And and unfortunately, you know, we only, you know, in this one semester, we only have uh, just a little bit of time to, to do marching band uh, related activities. So what we do here is, is uh, it's uh, similar to, to what Dan talked about. Uh, you know, you know they, they are the CEO of, of, of their program. You know, they do head up um, human resources. So, not only do we talk about the ins and outs about that, but but um, I tell them right away that this is they're just dipping their toe into a just just a big world, and um, and um, so we do cover just a, a wide variety of things. Um, they do um, they they dip their toe into to drill design. They dip their toe into. Uh, finding music selections, they dip their toe into um, learning um, 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 pi rare uh, drill software, and 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 I have them do that only because um, I tell them 
that they might they they'll most likely end up having somebody else write their drill or write their music but they still would have to learn how to rearrange and they will still have to learn how to reset and re retool things so so it is um, a multifaceted class and um and so it is it's, it's, it's quite a bit I would say. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, there's so many topics. Wayne, sort of how do, you, how do you structure yours and what are the main topics? Well, uh, as everybody said, there are so many topics. And, uh, and I kind of laid out the book as I, after I stumbled through the first semester, the first time I taught it. But, so, there's, uh, so there's a chapter for all the topics, uh, foundations of the marching band, just kind of an organizational overview the wind section, the percussion section, the color guard, the visual program, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I just taught that to my class yesterday, and uh, 10 years ago, the first book, it was called The Marching Program. So that's one of the areas that's changed hugely in uh, the last 10 years, so I now call it The Visual Program. Rehearsal techniques, show planning, drill design, um, and, and we do a little bit of pieware also, but like Tremont said, it's just dipping your feet in the water and getting the hang of it. So we do three little mini projects. One of them is the tutorial and so forth. Attitudes, uh, student leadership, recruiting, band camp, band boosters, which, by the way, accidentally is the 13th chapter. <laughs> um, and and that, honestly, it just came out that way. Um, and then just a few other topics. So, yeah, there's so many things to do. One, there, there are two things I uh, try to do, too, because just talking about marching band uh, obviously isn't like the real thing. So uh, I require three observations. Uh, one, uh, they go out and have to watch a rehearsal of a local band and r write up a report. Two, they have to go to a contest and at least see a couple hours of that and just some observations. And then three, and I just added this a couple years ago, is they have to go to a football game because that's a whole other uh, game. So I tell them, you have to be there when the kids are supposed to report. Just, uh, of course, get the band director's uh, permission, but just observe and write up everything that goes on from the time they arrive at the school until the time they leave the school, and they always find that pretty pretty enlightening. You know, I'm going to jump in there, Wayne. Uh, I, I want to share, interestingly, to that point, uh, Jim Daughters, my colleague, and I, uh, just this fall, uh, we've been doing a similar thing with them. Uh, the class has, has had a similar uh, responsibility, go to a game and, and keep track. This year, uh, we, it's occurred to us that, that we need to include in that uh, what happens in the game. I, I found so many of our students that that yellow piece of fabric that the stripy shirt guys throw out, they don't know what that is. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> They've been they've been band students and and they've been at football games for years here now, but they were really very busy banding and they don't much care for the sports ball, sure. so <laughs> they they never paid much attention and boy uh, we we discovered uh, that this this is something we need to do is to they don't have to love football necessarily but boy they're going to operate as a professional in this environment they they need to understand the fundamentals of the game in terms of what's happening offensively defensively flags etc and so it's a, it's become a new wrinkle to that concept of going out on that friday night and paying attention to what's going on that's a good idea 
Oh yes, I think I, I think I think that's great. You know, I uh, just uh, just to piggyback a little bit off of what what Wayne talked about as far as the things that he does in this class, we also have we make our students go out and watch um, uh, do observations of a of, of a of a BOA um, as also um, the the MPA because uh, MPA here is extremely is extremely big in Florida. And then and then also a, a Friday evening high school football game as well as a um, as well as going to a marching band rehearsal. So um, and then one of the other things we also do is we we actually also have them do a budget project to where they if they're the new director at a new school or if they're overseeing a budget how are they going to allocate those funds? How, how are they going to put their staff together? You know, um, what are, what are the things that they they might need to purchase? Everything from software all the way to what would the equipment, what kind of equipment they would need to run their classroom. So, and finding which websites to go to in order to do those types of things. Um, so it is it, it definitely is a um, multifaceted. And I think I probably do need to include. The uh, have them maybe play a game of NCAA football so they can understand more the ins and outs of uh, football when the flag comes out (laughs) and no huddle offense and all of that. And I just want to mention that for people in Florida, MPA is sort of like um, the marching band version of concert festival where you go and you get a rating and that's. That's really a, a big thing down here. So, and just in case you might didn't know what that was, well, I, I'm showing my age, but I was a high school band director when the uh, Florida system switched from calling it festival to the um, the performance assessments, and and I remember being uh, so arrogant and thinking that was just ridiculous that they were going to call this performance assessments, and in retrospect, of course, it's just been a brilliant move. Uh, an administrator. Does isn't all that moved to hear that you want to bring the band to festival? It it sounds like non-academic <laughs> activity. It just it just does. It's it, when it, when you analyze it, it makes such good sense. And so, uh, yeah, marching performance assessment, right, Ramon? Yes. Yeah. So oh. so do you guys? I mean, I always feel like if if there's any way that a college student can be on a staff and get day to day, any kind of like real experience being on the field at a rehearsal. I know you guys are talking about having them go and observe. Do you encourage them to try to be part of a staff and get that kind of experience? Absolutely. Yes, I, I do. We can't make it a requirement because a lot of it's in the summer, but I, I really oh, yeah. push push that hard. Oh yes. And, and, and down here we, we encourage kids to our students to do uh, a, 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 a couple of different things. One, not only participate in their college marching band, uh, which we feel like that they get quite a bit of education in, uh, but 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 also go out and volunteer as much as possible. And and a lot of these staffs down here are so big, and uh, and they, we have a lot of educators down here that are chomping at the bit to to have people to have students come out and help where where, where necessary. So. Um, so we do have quite a few kids that that are techs for for, for other programs, but they try to balance uh, whenever they can um, just their their college marching band on top of that. Okay, so it's it's a, you've already all described how there's this huge amount of topics, and then I feel like Wayne, you sort of mentioned this in the last ten years, we now have different costuming and we have electronics and amplification and 
props are giant deal now. And it's like, I feel like it's snowballing really fast. So how are you guys dealing with this sort of accelerated change and all these new things that directors have to try to figure out? Well, Tim, you actually just read a bunch of bullets off my legal pad in front of you right there. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and I'm interested in Wayne and Tremont's response here because you know, I, I must admit, I, I don't quite know. Uh, what, I, what I try to tell our students is that we have these 15, you know, one-hour uh, sessions, uh, hour and 20-minute sessions here. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I misspoke earlier. It, the class was two times a week for 50 minutes at Illinois State. And here at Arkansas Tech, it's once a, once a week for 80 minutes. So, you know, we see each other for 15 times. And a colleague of mine, wrapped this up beautifully, I thought, once when he just said the entirety of the undergraduate music education curriculum you have to understand as a student is simply earning your ticket to the show and your entry into the club. And once you're in, now's when you really start learning. And the asset for the students today, and I hate to sound like such an old guy, right? You say, you kids today. But uh, for goodness sake, I mean, Tim, your site exists. Um, sure. The the color guard edu exists. Um, the opportunity to record my rehearsal on my phone and put it through WeTransfer and send a huge file of video to any number of brilliant people all around the country today that just didn't exist uh, twenty years ago um, is really amazing. And the the I, I believe the inquisitive, the work ethic, the intellectually curious, um, ambitious young director um, can can maybe easier than ever before um, find uh, the information that they're looking for. Um, as soon as Wayne published something about electronics, it would be obsolete. The blue coats would do something new. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and I wrote the word costiforms, right? That's a word all of a sudden <laughs> that's, that, that, that you hear uh, around the Internet. It's, it's not a uniform, it's a costume, or is it a costiform? And we can change these tops and bottoms and hats and no hats. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it is really amazing. Uh, more and more today, the uh, I think there was just something that came across the interwebs um, about a legal precedent regarding push-ups, which I think is important for our profession to consider um, the physical nature of what we do. Um, I'm not sure has ever been more scrutinized. Um, we, uh, you know, Tremont, of course, where he lives has electricity to deal with in the sky often and heat often we do as well in Arkansas. And now we, we are expected, I think at a higher level than perhaps in the past of our profession to be, um, weather professionals, make sure we're keeping students out of harm's way. Um, all of these things are fluid. And I think, uh, all I can think to do is encourage our students to learn what they can right now and then keep listening and keep asking questions. And, oh yes, uh, I. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, if I can tag team on that, I over the last few years, I, um, I've just changed some of my assignments to be a little bit more open ended, uh, and the, the one I did on the percussion chapter was they had to uh, research a podcast or uh, from the marching roundtable or elsewhere if they could find it on any percussion topic. And I showed them how to get onto that website 
uh, and they each had to do a different one. They couldn't pick the same one that somebody else did. But, uh, but my end goal was mostly to make them aware of that resource because it's always changing. And that's one of the ways you can stay on top of it. Uh, I've also told them, I think I mentioned before, to get on that band directors group on Facebook or other places if there are, just so they get in the habit of, uh, of trying to stay up to date in the digital age. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny that uh, being an old guy, I just assume that all these college kids, I call them kids, uh, are way on top of that. A lot of them are not. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mean, I, I completely agree with you. There are, there are things that uh, we, we end up talking about in class um, each day that I just just assume that that they that they knew, and it's um, it's I thought I was, sometimes I I think I'm the old person in the room when when half the time um, I I am talking to them about talking to them about uh, things that have been out for years, and and I think down here we are we are dealing with the age where um, there are so many options for of things. For, for our students to participate in and, and be part of to where I think some of the things that we have taken for granted, um, our students just don't have a tendency to see every now and then. So, but I think it's a great, it's a great opportunity for us to, uh, to, to, to give all that new information to them. Um, on top of what, 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 what Dan and Wayne have talked about, I think one of the things that, uh, that we, that we we talk about in class or that we think about uh, a little bit more when it, when it comes to all these new things that are coming out is just just ways to keep the brain sharp and ways to keep the brain open. Um, I ask my students what are some things that they that they felt is important to, to 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 have in these types of classes more. And one one of the things they talked about is just the diversity of of what the of what the art form can bring um, to to a school. So uh, so while we are while there's so many things that 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 can be part of these shows and so many resources that they can that they can have, um, we 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 do try to talk about just how they can be as diverse as possible. So whatever program that they end up with, they're able to be flexible and they're able to know that that that. Well, one size doesn't always fit all when it, when, it, when it comes to this course. Well, so th- this is great, guys, and I love that you're you're talking about teaching your students how to find resources. You know, and hopefully some of the stuff that we're doing at Marching Roundtable, Marching Arts Education, fit into that category because that's why we did we started this whole thing. Is there's so much people need to know, and it's constantly changing. So that's really cool. There's a lot of places where either the class marching band techniques class is not required or even isn't offered. So I, first I want to, I want to ask why that's happening. And then I also want to talk about what students can do if they're in a place where they don't have the class offered. So let's start first off. Why, why, why can you guys explain to me? Why is it, why, is, why are they disappearing? Cause they're so vital. It's such a big thing. Directors have to do. I'm not sure any of us could say that we absolutely know why, um, but I'll be first to speculate. Sure. Um, In my experience, um, universities uh, across the country are under more pressure and more highly scrutinized right now 
to make sure that a degree fits in a certain time frame, that there are X number of credits that are allowed to be required in the degree, and that a degree including a student teaching experience uh, off campus uh, fits in a finite window. Um, for example, when I was at Illinois State, uh, the, the music education degree was, was a 10 semester degree. It, it, was, it was a full five-year degree when I started. Um, the state legislature made, uh, made it very clear that uh, Illinois State needed to uh, make an eight-semester degree. Um, I wasn't part of that committee, so I should be very careful to claim you know, what exactly I know, but it was made, it was made clear to us that, that we were going to need to do that. Um, so cutting 20% of the teaching time you know, was quite daunting. Uh, as everyone can imagine, and, and it made us take a really hard look at our studio lesson time, our ensemble time across the board, marching ensembles and otherwise. Um, and um, a, an eight-semester curriculum was developed that is available. It's a pathway to graduation for students, um, but the 10-semester sequence is there as well. Um, so under um, this kind of pressure, there is, uh, there's uh, obviously just, again, uh, every class has to be scrutinized. And it's easy, I think, for some, uh, some folks to say, well, there's a methods one and there's a methods two, as Tremont referenced. Uh, and, and so why don't you just fit marching band in methods one and methods two? Um, you know, uh, tangentially, I was a lucky person. Um, frankly, Mike Robinson, uh, the director of the Athletic bands at the University of Georgia was a graduate student, PhD uh, graduate student in Miami when I was an undergrad at the University of Miami, and he taught the jazz methods class that we had at the time, because it's just as much of a foreign language, if not more so, that that than pageantry. And I was uh, lucky at the time to be able to have a semester class that was dedicated to the care, maintenance, feeding of a jazz ensemble as well as a semester class for the care, maintenance, feeding of this athletic ensemble. And um, I've never seen a jazz methods class stand alone since then. And I, I imagine it's just victim to the same pressures. Right, and if I, I could chime in, and, and I kind of brought up this subject to, to Tim when we bounced around this the idea for this podcast, but I'll do uh, state conventions or uh, uh, young music educators, uh, workshops, uh, Bands of America does one and DCI is doing one. And uh, Tim was involved in that uh, with me uh, last August. But one of the questions I often ask these college students, so well, what about your marching band methods class? And I'm just shocked. Well, especially the first few times I was shocked that some said, oh, we don't have one at our at our school or uh, we don't re require it because uh, at least in the high school world, um, most programs, I would guess, certainly 80% of the programs have to have some sort of marching band. Um, and Not only do they have to have it, but my point, Wayne, forgive me for cutting you off, is what's what's the first performance of the year? Oh, exactly. Exactly. What's the first performance of that young director's career? Uh -huh. What's the first performance in front of the school board, the principal, the administration, the mayor? <laughs> <laughs> And, Friday night football game. And, mm -hmm. and 
And when uh, people in town uh, talk about, uh, and I use the Central High School Marching Tigers, when they talk, talk about the Central High School Band, they don't mean the wonderful wind ensemble. They mean the marching band on Friday nights. That's yes. what everybody sees. And so that's why it's got to be quality. Now, we'll have a separate podcast interview. We can talk about some ways we can do better so that they are talking about the wind ensemble sometime, I hope. But Oops. that's the Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting that, I mean, really one of the first things our students even talk about is uh, that it is them knowing that the culture of that of that high school could be centered around a marching band. The marching band can create the, the, the enthusiasm and the excitement that that school or even community needs um, bef before, during, and after those, those those Friday night football games. Uh, so, uh, so, so, it's it's very very important that 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 not only is there a marching band pedagogy class, but it is required. And 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 I had thought about um, having the marching band pedagogy class here being off. Be as, uh, its own class, but it would have been tough to get it to be required, which is why I just put it in the secondary methods one sequence. Um, here, because of us having so many students at this university, there's uh, over 67,000 students here. It is important to the university, I guess all, all the state universities, the Florida State, University of Florida, all of, the, all of us to get our students out in four years, similar to, to, to Dan's um, institution. And there's an excess of credit hour fee if they go 5% above the whatever degree program they're in. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's roughly triple the tuition. So we are not really not allowed to, 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 to have them go above that, above that number. Uh, so because of that, um, uh, just similar to, to Dan's situation, uh, we, we've had to make some 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 compromises and some sacrifices along the way. So yeah. it, it it becomes it has become very very tough in that regard. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a zero sum game. You know, the amount of time that it takes to become comfortable as a musician, the, the amount of just years and hours. You know, Mallory Thompson, uh, I heard her say many times to just remember that there's no good conductors under 35. She, she said that first when I was in a room and I was way younger than 35 and I thought I was pretty darn good until I thought about that. <laughs> it, it just takes too long. You, you don't know anything. You haven't had enough heartache and pain. You haven't read enough books about Mahler's life. You just haven't heard enough music. You haven't lived enough. And it takes, it still takes the same amount of time to become a musician and, and get through a theory curriculum and become familiar with music history. And we are in a zero-sum game, and as we've discussed, the athletic band thing, the pageantry arts, if we want to call it, the marching arts activity, keeps getting more complicated. So there's, there's more necessity, but still the same amount of time. Um, so it, it is a challenge. I, your, your second part of the question, Tim, was what to do about it. And, um, you know, if I could be so bold, I would I would encourage any listeners, and if there's any high school students that are listening, if there are high school band directors that advise students to be, to, to really be careful and scrutinize the schools that you're choosing to attend. Uh, smart, 
students, smart high school students will ask these questions. What is offered in the curriculum? Uh, too often, I think students are concerned about football teams on which they do not play. Uh, you know, the food that is in the cafeteria, the uh, plethora of smoothie bars and tanning salons. Um, <laughs> and and uh, and I was no different. I mean, trust me. No, no. It's just the nature of being a young adult. Uh, but students should ask. And you know, if a if a school is not offering a marching band techniques course and boy an administrator starts to hear that x y and z all state band students didn't come they went down the street to the other school and in part they said because you don't offer this class they can affect change uh, that way um, so students they can find out what's offered and what's part of the curriculum and then they have to they just have to be passionate passionate people about this job we've been uh, lucky wayne's been gracious enough to come and speak to my methods class every year uh, via skype and uh, one of the things that i appreciate that he tells them every single time is that you just have to be passionate about this profession if you're just if you're not chomping at the bit right now looking at calendars and thinking about that year 2021 2020 when you're going to be that band director you need to, you know, have a few, take a few moments to think long and hard about your career choices uh, because it takes that kind of drive. It takes that kind of um, <clears throat> illogical love for this thing. Um, I, I start with my marching band students every fall with a little bit of a stand-up routine about how bad an idea this is. Marching band is a terrible idea. I mean, I, who was this person that said sit down band was just too easy? That's really hard, sit down band, for goodness sake. Somebody said, let's walk while we do this because it's too easy or something, right? And and then he said, the, the walking is pretty easy. Let's walk backwards and, and let's make pictures. And, well, that's too easy. Let's do it, you know, in uncomfortable clothes. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's do it in the worst part of the year. When's the year where it's really, really hot and then it'll get really, really cold? Mm -hmm. You know, let's do it then and... And then and now we've got this thing, where's the audience that we could do this that really might not be very interested in art at all? You know, I got it. Let's let's do it at football games. <laughs> so it's a it's a conglomeration of bad ideas that somehow or another so many of us got into and just went, Man, this is great. <laughs> and if I if I could tag team on to uh, what Dan said about the enthusiasm and the drive and the passion and the energy. It's really important. And a big part of that is to be a, a continual learner. Because Absolutely. We've all talked about how it, uh, we're just getting uh, our toes wet in, in these courses because there's so many subjects, but uh, they have to keep learning. They have to keep doing, finding new ways or better ways to get something done. Uh, and I still go to rehearsals in my old age here and learn a new trick or I wish I would have known that exercise. That's great. Um, and on the one hand, that makes it a little overwhelming. Uh, and I tell the students, but I said, on the other thing, it's, it's what makes it really enjoyable and fascinating because uh, it never becomes easy. Uh, it's always a great search to find a better way to do it. Well, it's back to Mallory's comment. You know, like I said, she said there's nobody good under 35. At first, I thought, well, it's a shame I'm not very good. But then on the second go round, I thought about that comment. It was really liberating. Wait, I don't have to be good yet. Okay. So these young March band directors, you know, they're just, it takes a long time. 
and so there's maybe some freeing uh, element to the idea that well when you get out it's just your entry into the profession now and often i i would be interested in, in everyone's take here of course that's that's my observation many times of a young band director is that he or she sometimes i i get the impression wait a minute nobody's nobody's told them it's okay to not know everything yet oh exactly and uh, one of the things that um that 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 I, I tell them all the time is that everything that they are supposedly learning and I tell them supposedly because there there's so many classes that they're taking that I that I just know that they're not going to take everything in and also that they would not be able to practice every single thing that we talk to them about until they get their own program and 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 so we we talk about um, that when they get to day one, that is when they're actually learning. Everything else beforehand is just set up. Sure, sure. Just well, you know, just he's getting still these ideas. Just just a little west of you guys, Jose Lopez is still killing it at Port Charlotte High School, and that's where I. That was my graduate school. The first graduate school was was when I got my first job. And then I found out that Port Charlotte High School Band was the band on the West Coast that I needed to go check out and then went and just sat and watched his rehearsals and hung around long enough. And he allowed me to ask him questions mm -hmm. afterwards and we became friends. And we used to go uh, to a little establishment and sit. And I remember we had smoked uh, fish, we had a little smoked fish dipped and, uh, and crackers. And, uh, and, and he would let me ask him about everything what what were you doing and i remember once asking him what he was so upset about he was upset in a rehearsal and i said what are you upset about man your band is amazing if i ever had a band that was good as yours i would never be upset like you're upset why don't you just be happy <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed he said he, he told me something i'll never forget he said dan you will have a band that's this good and better and it won't be good enough for you then either <laughs> along those same same lines uh, I, I tell the students that when they do get out, uh, they're not, well, not only their first few years, but always, uh, find somebody who will be their unofficial mentor. Find find a, a good band director in the area. Go watch the rehearsals. Uh, ask them if uh, you can sit down and uh, talk to them just like Dan just talked about. And, and I don't know of one really good band director that doesn't love to help young teachers. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And exactly. you, just you just can't be shy about asking them. And I don't know one that doesn't name you three, four immediate off the tip of their tongue mentors and heroes either. Sure. Yeah. That's just what you said. That doesn't say, well, when I was 25, it was this guy. And it's still that guy. Frankly, I'm still trying to be Ken Wheely when I grow up, my junior high band director. I'm still trying to figure out how he did what he did oh yes you know that to, 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 to go back a little bit to the question about what we can what 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 we can do to advocate for for, for these courses is, is that I think it, it also takes um, um, not only students uh, the, the the college kids that are looking at schools to to, to scrutinize the the, the curriculum, but, but I also think that um, band directors going to, you know, band directors getting together 
and and having some of these same discussions at state conventions and and even lobbying these these universities uh, to 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 really explore curriculum a little bit more and and asking for a, a little bit more leeway in the the, the structure of some of these curriculums uh, because of, because if universities if the state legislature is talking about cutting back well. You know the people who are electing these state legislatures are, are also the people. So sure. I think I think it does. I think it can go full circle with with some of these things. Um, it just it, it takes a little time, takes a little elbow grease, but then also takes um, good college professors such as Wayne and Dan to just to, to continue just just to advocate and and um, and push students to make those make make those decisions about curriculum. Wow, you guys, this is awesome. I, I love I love everything you're saying. I had written down on my piece of paper to make sure and you guys got to it about asking for help because I, I feel like admitting you don't know everything, I love that you guys mentioned that, and then asking for help and having people. There are There's a lot of resources, you know, that, that you can get help on. So we need to wrap this conversation up. This is such great advice, such an interesting discussion. I'm just going to ask each of you say one final word about this, maybe um, why you think the value of, of the marching band techniques course or anything you want to talk about. Wayne, I'll let you go first. Any Anything in closing that you want to say to wrap this all up? Uh, just one of the last things I said is uh, keep learning. Uh, it's uh, it's the best job in the world being a band director, I think. And uh, But it's a huge responsibility and challenge too. But today there are so many resources out there, so many Places you can find information, find help, as well as what we've just been talking about, uh, uh, human resources, people that will help you, uh, veteran band records and all that. So uh, uh, en- enjoy the the challenge and uh, want to wish everybody the best. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to mention everybody, go to marchingartseducation.com. Click under resources, and there it is, the dynamic marching band. You need to look at that book, and if you don't have it, I don't care if you're a new student, you, you're not required to have it, you're a band director with 40 years' experience, you should have that book, especially because it's current. Tremont, anything from you? Final thoughts? Oh, yes, uh, just a couple things. I would say I don't think I would have been in this profession if it wasn't my hobby. I was, uh, during my undergrad, I was in business and finance for a little while, and then switched majors to music, to, to music ed because I wanted to do my hobby. When it was when it was all said and done, as opposed to just doing a normal nine to four job. Uh, So I encourage students to make sure that this is that this is their hobby and that this is something that they want to continue to to learn and dive into. And then the second thing I would encourage people to do is that we know that there are so many different types of programs out there. And we and and as college students, they. You know, our our tendency is when we graduate, we we say we want to be this type of program or we want to be that type of program. Uh, I encourage college students to what, whatever program they're in, just to make it theirs, and and not only make it theirs, but but make it to where that they will not experience that thing that's called that, that's, that's that's called burnout with 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 other that some other educators might go through because they feel like that they're trying to emulate another type of program. Um, make sure it's their hobby, make sure that they make it theirs and, and continue to, to ask questions and continue to keep the eyes open and the ears open and, 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 and keep the mouth shut. 
<laughs> Great. Dan, any final thoughts from you on all this? Thanks, Tim. You, your, your question was, what makes a marching band techniques course vital and relevant? Is that right? Uh, that was one of the topics, sure. <laughs> I, the, just that, oh, the, I thought it was a direction for the final thought. Um, no, sure. Well, that that's but, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I. To me, it, it comes down to the opportunity to teach music. Music is a superpower and it's magical. And the marching band is a, is a gateway that provides enthusiasm in the community that will help you recruit. I, I say all the time, I, I am not at all proud of the fact that I am not a musician due to an orchestra concert. It just is what it is. My, my folks didn't bring me to a symphony orchestra. I, I, they would have loved to. I wish I had the opportunity to do that. But I joined the band to play trombone because I saw a marching band. And I wanted to do that thing that those very tall high school seniors were doing. And once I got invested and interested, then these master teachers, by whom I was, I was just blessed to spend time, taught me to further love music and operate a trombone. So I try to encourage our students to remember the goal is to teach music and utilize the marching band to do that. It is a great tool for them. Whether you've got a Friday night Beatles and Journey Tunes band or you're trying to build an ultra competitive group with lots of props and lots of staff and lots of electricity and everything you can possibly imagine to just remember that the goal remains the same and always bring it back to teaching students to love music and to operate an instrument, hopefully in a way that will inspire them to continue to do that for the rest of their lives. It's, it's always a bit of a tragedy to hear of students that step out of high school and that's the last day they ever touch their instrument. They spend six or seven years learning to operate it at a high level and, and as soon as the the high school marching band time was done, or even the university marching band time was done, that that they were not inspired to play the instrument or be a musician any further. So uh, one of the overarching goals with, with my class is to try to help our students to, to really emblazon that in their value and mission statement uh, and, and use it to guide their teaching. Yeah, fantastic. Well, you guys, you're just wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. Wayne, Dan, and Tremont, thank you guys. You were awesome. Oh, thanks. Uh, Tim, thank you very much. Opportunity for college professors to pontificate, Tim. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are great. Watch for more discussions and information about these topics on upcoming podcasts and webinars at Marching Roundtable and at MarchingArtsEducation.com. You asked for it, and now we're providing a membership option at Marching Arts Education where you can sign up you and your entire staff and get complete access to all the live webinars, videos, podcast archives, and discounts on coursework. Become a member of Marching Arts Education and get exclusive benefits and complete access. Perfect, easy, professional development for you and your staff. Trusted content all in one location. Many directors are using school funds for these valuable resources. We give you access to the top marching arts professionals, allowing you to interact and ask questions during live webinars. Only marching arts education allows you to speak directly and get advice for your own situation from the experts. Go to marchingartseducation.com and click on Membership to find out more and sign up. 
follow the Marching Roundtable and Marching Arts Education on social media to keep up with upcoming podcasts and guests and for constant coverage of all topics in the marching arts. This includes the new Marching Roundtable Facebook group that we hope you'll join in joining the discussion. Thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, 6 to 5 Productions, found at 6 productionscom This is your host, Tim Hinton. See all the services I offer at my website at timhinton.com. This includes music for marching groups, drill writing services, show consultation, podcasts, webinars, video instruction, and coursework. timhinton.com If you're a business that works with band directors, marching bands, color guards, or drum lines, you should consider sponsoring an episode of the Marching Roundtable. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach, and with thousands of podcast downloads each month, it's a great way to directly reach your target audience. For more information, click on the Sponsorship Opportunities link at MarchingRoundtable.com or email Tim at Tim at MarchingRoundtable.com. You can grow your business and help support what we're doing here on the podcast. Thanks.